I want to take you back into the book of Ezekiel. Old Testament major prophet who prophesied during the time of exile in Babylon. And the word says that the Lord began to deal with Ezekiel. And the Spirit of God showed him a vision, a prophecy, something that was to transpire. The thing about this prophecy spoken back in 586 B.C., that 500 years before Christ, this prophecy has already come to pass. Everything in the Word of God is true, and everything will come to pass in the most minute detail. It will. And this prophecy has taken place in some of your lifetime. It is now in transparency before us. I want to read from the first verse of chapter 37, the Valley of Dry Bones. Some of you know it as just the... Sunday school song that you sung, these bones, these bones, these old dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Well, this is where that song came from, but these words are very prophetic and profound for you, and especially where we are in the Middle East situation today with Israel and the surrounding enemy. Here in chapter 37, it says, and the hand of the Lord was upon me. How many, how many like that? How many would like for the hand of the Lord to be upon you this morning? The hand of the Lord was upon Ezekiel, and Ezekiel was in Babylonian captivity. Not too many of us get excited when we're in the down and out, when things aren't going well. But God still deals with you even in times of despair, even in times of sickness, even in times of sorrow. God never leaves you, nor will he ever forsake you. Can somebody say amen this morning? The Bible says, And he carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, a graveyard, a battle scene gone wrong. And he caused me to pass by them around about and behold there were very many in the open valley and lo they were very dry they've been dead a long long time and he said unto me son of man can these bones live and i answered O lord god thou knowest how many knows when god asks a question he's not looking for information but he's looking for a confession God already knows everything. So why does he ask questions? To get you to confess with your mouth what the problem is. Can these bones live again? Oh, God, you you know. And again, he said unto me, prophesy. In other words, preach. Preach upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. If you will hear the word of the Lord today, he will bring you up from the depths of despair. He will wash you of your sins. He will cleanse you of your iniquities. He will set you at his right hand with Jesus Christ, your eternal Lord and Master and Savior. 
and he will make you one of his children. Can you give him praise this morning? Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. This is his prophecy before he even explains the cemetery. I'm going to fill you with my breath. I'm going to bring you back to life. This will be your disposition. You will have the breath and the Spirit of God within you. Once God gets a hold of you, He's not going to turn loose. You can run. You can break the covenant. But God will still pursue you to the four corners of the earth. He'll tackle you in the end zone of life. He is relentless. He is ruthless in his pursuit. He will not leave you alone. If you want to go to hell, you can. But he's going to keep a hand on you until you've got your mind made up one way or another. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. And he says in verse 6, now comes the process. And I will lay sinew upon you, muscle and fiber and tendons. I will lay sinew upon you and bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin. Put breath in you and ye shall live and ye shall know that I am the Lord. And so Ezekiel takes up the narrative and he says, And so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied there was a noise. On the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God fell, and it was as the sound of a rushing, mighty wind. One thing about heaven, it's not quiet. If heaven's not quiet, you might as well get used to heaven right here on earth. Begin to give God praise and glory with all that is within you. You say, well, God's not hard of hearing. No, and he's not nervous either. And there was a noise, and I beheld, and behold, a shaking, verse 7. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Then he said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man. And say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath. Breathe upon these slain that they may live. And so I prophesied as I was commanded, as he commanded me, and breath came into them. And they lived and stood upon their feet an exceeding great army. And he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Here's the key to the prophecy. These are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried. Our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. We are divided and scattered. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. 
and ye shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, my people, and brought you up and out of your graves, and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live, and shall place you in your own land. And ye shall know that I am the Lord that spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Would you grab the hand of the person next to you and pray that God be merciful unto all of us today to hear his word and allow him to make changes in our life. Father, I thank you and I give you praise today. I worship you and glorify you, Lord God. Thank you for these words that were so marvelous in the day they were spoken and so alive for us, Lord, nearly 2,500 years later. Now we're enjoying the fruits of it. Father, I pray that you touch each and every one in this house today. Fill us full of your breath. May we stand an exceeding great army. May we do the bidding of our master. Father, may we welcome you, Lord God, into our lives in the fullness of the Spirit and allow you, Lord God, to have your way in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. And everyone that was in agreement said, Amen and Amen. Praise the Lord. Turn to your neighbor, shake their hand, and tell them God's about ready to shake your old bones today. I believe it was four or five years ago. This I hadn't even thought about that till I got up here. That I had some sort of medical uh, procedure done where they injected me with a radioactive dye. They wanted to take a look at my bones for some reason. I forget exactly what it was. And they had me lay very still on this x-ray type machine, and it took like 30 minutes for this thing to do all that it was to do. But it took a whole picture of my skeleton, all of it, all the way up and down. And I looked on the screen when I was, when I was done, and boy, it humbled me. There I am, just this skeleton, and the spine was kind of bent. I looked, I know I'm old, but I looked really, really old. It was a humbling experience. I'll never forget it. That, that's my foundation, as weak and as feeble as it may be. There I am. But I want to tell you that it isn't this old body that's going to heaven God's going to resurrect and give us a brand new body likened unto His, glorified and fit for eternity. Can you give Him praise today? As I read this story about the Valley of Dry Bones, you may be thinking, how is this prophetic? We've got to go back into the Word of God, back to the time even of Solomon and, and his rule and then subsequently his death when his son Rehoboam was to take charge of the nation after Solomon passed. And it's about 931 years before Christ. Well, the people that Solomon had been ruling over were disgruntled. They were divided. They wanted a different plan and different leadership. Solomon had demanded taxes. Solomon had uh, recruited all the young men for military service, and they had to serve for so long, much like today, or at least it used to be in the time of the draft. And they were tired of that. They wanted new leadership. Well, there just happened to be a man that was willing to step in and, and kind of mix things up. So there was Jeroboam and Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. 
during this time there was upheaval and disrest and there was division. The Bible says, The thief cometh not but for to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Jesus says, I am come that ye might have life and that ye might have that more abundantly. So the devil is all about division. Division in your life. Division between husbands and wives. Divisions in the church where they're squabbling and division. You lose a relationship with that individual, with those individuals, and it weakens your relationship with God when there's division. So as the squabble continued... They elected Jeroboam to take the ten northern tribes of Israel and Rehoboam to take the two southern tribes, Benjamin and Judah. All the other tribes went with Jeroboam. And in fact, for several hundred years, they fought between one another. When there is division, you weaken yourself. Division in Israel weakened them as a nation. They began to look to the idols and the gods of the people that surrounded them. They began to worship these idols. It began to weaken them as a nation. Until a couple of hundred years later in about 722 B.C. the Assyrians moved in and conquered the ten northern tribes of Israel because they had weakened themselves with idols. They were not serving the Lord. They thought they were a mighty nation. At one time, God had blessed them, but now they were weak and unguarded, and the Assyrians moved in and carried them off and dispersed them. The two southern tribes survived for a little while longer. A couple of hundred years longer they survived. Until a man named Nebuchadnezzar came in and took all of the aristocrats, the skilled people, the goodly people of Judah and Benjamin and carried them off to the far east into the land we know as Iraq into the city of Babylon and made them captives. Now the ten northern tribes are captives. The two southern tribes are captives. And everyone is dispersed. We know later from history that the two southern tribes were allowed by one of the following kings to go back and to rebuild the temple and to put the walls of the city back up. But yet they were never ever an established people like they once were. When we go now 500 years later to the time of Christ, we find them not dominated by the Babylons, but a subsequent kingdom have come along called the Roman Empire. They went through the Medes and the Persians. They went through the Greeks. And now we find them with Roman occupation in the land of Israel. Occupied, captive, and slaves to somebody else. When they are the people of God, the chosen people of God, the ones to be the receiver of the Messiah, the ones to evangelize the world and tell everybody how great Jehovah God is, but now they're captive 
because they are divided in their loyalty and in their heart. Ezekiel is shown a scene of an army that has been slain. In the land of captivity, the Lord is saying, this is where Israel is at right now. They have no breath. In fact, they didn't even have skin and, and flesh and the muscle was not even on them. And so he began to prophesy. What did he prophesy about? That this army was going to come back together. 2,000 years later, the prophecy came true. Because in 1948, May the 14th, Israel became a nation once again and are inhabiting the land of Israel. Can you say amen that the word of God is true? But what about their breath? They look like an army. They have all the military regalia. In fact, they have nuclear capabilities. Their enemies surround them, but nobody dare overtake them because God has blessed them with a good strong military and God has blessed them with his protection. Hello? How many knows that God had his hand on your life before you got saved? Before you ever heard the word of the Lord, before you ever received him into your life, all of your life he has been fashioning you he has been educating you. He's allowed you to go through experience. He's allowed the tough times. He's allowed the education. He has prepared you for the day that you would receive him as Lord and Master. He's fashioning your life this day. He's designed this sermon for you in this day and in this hour. But some of us today look like an army for God. We're dressed like an army for God. We come to church like an army for God. We fulfill all the duties of a Christian like the army of God. But we have no breath within us. What does the breath represent? It's the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit that will drive you to the throne room of prayer. It's the Spirit that will introduce you to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the Spirit that makes the Word come to life and causes it to jump off the pages of the book and get a hold of you and change you. It's the Spirit that teaches you. It's the Spirit that enables you. It's the Spirit that comforts you. It's the Spirit that will cause you to praise Jesus Christ with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. So what about Israel? Here they are. Everything has come back together. But they're waiting for the breath of God to enter into them. We can jump forward just a little bit of time. And I can tell you that the rapture of the church is soon to take place. When Jesus catches away his bride into the heavens. And then there is released upon planet earth the Antichrist. 
and all sorts of plagues will fall from heaven. If you read the book of Revelation, you will find this out. But during this time, in the middle of the week, Israel's eyes will be opened. About three and a half years into the seven-year tribulation, their eyes will be opened. And they'll realize that they have been duped. They'll realize that they missed their Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Lord and Master. They'll realize that this false Christ is not their God. God will send two prophets of the days of old. Enoch and Elijah will come back and walk the streets of Jerusalem and preach the word of God. And Israel as a nation, according to the Apostle Paul, in Romans 9 through chapter 11 that they will come back and be a nation unto God once again. They will realize and they will one day say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. The breath will come back unto them and they will confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Master. Can you give him praise today? What about us today? Our organization is a Pentecostal organization. That doesn't mean that just that we talk in tongues and believe in the gifts of the Spirit. It means that we believe in the whole Bible, rightly divided. That we believe in the experience that the disciples and the followers of Christ had on the day of Pentecost. That we believe that the Holy Ghost has come and empowered the church for service unto God. We believe that the Holy Spirit separates and segregates the people of God to perform the will of God in the kingdom of God here on earth. The Bible says that in the last days that perilous times will come. For people shall be lovers of their own self, covetous. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, and high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. As an evangelist, I see many people in the church just trying to walk a thin line like they're on a fence top. They really can't decide if they want to get all the way in and serve God. But the allurement of the world is over here pulling them one way and then another. I believe that this is the time that if you want the breath of God for the last days that are coming upon the church... You need to make your mind up today. You may look like a Christian. You may talk like a Christian. You may be here every service. You may pay your tithes and do all the Christian things that we're supposed to do. But only you know where you are with God. Is He your heartbeat? Is He the one that wakes you in the morning? Is he your companion when you wake up in the middle of the night and sleep flees from you? 
Is he the one that begins to talk with you and deal with you? Is he the one that begins to tell you what's really going on in your mind and in your heart? Where in your wakened hours, you're even afraid to examine those things. But the Holy Ghost, he goes in and he'll examine your heart. And he'll show you exactly what's going on. It's time to breathe deeply what the Holy Spirit is trying to show you. He tries to bring division in your own self. To where you're divided and you can't make up your mind like I demonstrated. He tries to bring division in the home. Most often husbands and wives. Even if both are trying to serve the Lord, he knows your weakness. He knows your ego. I'm talking about the enemy. He knows your ego. He knows how to puff you up and make you feel like you're the one that's right and that other one better acquiesce and, and do what you want or you'll just stay mad. A lot of good that's going to do you. Husbands, you may, you may be right, but if you're, you're living in a place where you want to hide in the corner and run, how much good does it do you to be right? Wives, the same thing can be said. You know exactly how to push your husband's buttons. You know exactly where they are. You know how to push them. And you do so very often because it feels good to your ego to be right and to be able to be in a position of power. I'm talking about human nature today. And if you think you're not subject to it, you're grossly wrong. Because the enemy knows exactly how to drive a wedge of division between husband and wife. And you can come to the house of God, be all dressed up, looking proper, look at your husband, look at your wife, and smile. But God knows exactly what's going on behind closed doors at home where there's a power struggle, where there's division, and you are letting the enemy sap your strength as a leader, as a minister, as a member of the laity. Your witness will be weakened, and your relationship with the Father will be weakened as well. What about the church? We come to church. We shake hands with everybody. God bless you, Sister Shannon. We go around and we hug one another. But in our hearts sometimes, someone said something months ago and it stuck with you. And you thought you had a revelation from the Father. That person doesn't like you. You know, God never spreads gossip. Here's something else. God doesn't have a Facebook account either. I got to tell you something. I don't care if you had a pickle for dinner. I don't care. Doesn't really matter if there's sunflowers growing in your backyard. It really doesn't thrill me. Just let it go. Some things are better kept to yourself. 
That's why God gave you a mind to think, and everybody can't read your thoughts. But when you put them all on Facebook, you know you can't reel them back in. You may erase them, but people already read it. So be careful what you put there. If you have something against a brother or sister in the church, you are once again weakened by the enemy. He will continually bring this about to pull you down. You may not like the way I preach. That's fine. There's a lot of people that don't. That, 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 that's not going to keep you out of heaven. But if you harbor it in your heart and you think, well, I, I just can't stand there. There's other people that's going to preach right after me. And you can really, really like them, and that's just fine. We all may not like everything that everybody does, but you better not harbor in your heart things that will bring hate and division that will come in like a worm into an apple. Have you ever bit into a, an apple that had a worm get inside? There's one little tiny hole. And, and the rest of it looks perfect, and maybe you didn't see that hole. And then you bite the apple, and then there's that half a worm wiggling in the core. That's how the enemy works. Yeah, I, I just helped your lunch there, right there. You, you quit thinking about McDonald's for a short time. And KFC is a long way off now because you got that wiggly worm sliding down your gullet. Let me reel you back in here. This is exactly how the enemy works. It's in the spirit of division. And we then lay like an army out in a valley of dead bones. Everything seems to be functioning. Everything looks right. But we're not having the power of God fall into services. And there's a reason. There's a reason you come to the house of God and you leave just like you came. There's a reason. I know every time may not be a gully washer, as they used to say. Every time may not, you may not feel like swinging from the chandeliers. But brother and sister, when we come to the house of God, we ought to be able to feel the spirit of the living God. We ought to be able to tell that we're someplace special. Because if you don't have the spirit of God... You're dead. And you're going through the motions. We're just, as pastor has said and myself as well, we're just playing church. Just playing church. We're not having church. We're playing church. That valley of dry bones that Ezekiel saw, they're coming back to life. The Spirit of God is going to enter into them. I ask you today, when you stand in front of the mirror in the mornings when you get up, what do you see? You are the mirror of God. You ought to reflect His image. More importantly, what does your co-workers see when you arrive on the job? What are you mirroring? What are you telling them that Christ is like? Because how you are when you're out of here is who you really are. How you are when you're at home. What you watch on TV. What you look at on the internet. That is exactly who you are. It's not this. 
This is who you are when you're at church and people are watching. But who are you when you're out of here? When you're at home alone? What kind of speech do you have? Does your language change? Do you use some of those cutesy words that have come along and, and we replaced the queen mother of all curse words with a cutesy little Christian sounding word? It's the same word. They may be able to put that on TV, but everybody knows what you want to say and what's down in your heart. You see, that's who you really are. As I said, when the Spirit of God wakes you in the night and deals with you, He reveals things to you there that you don't even want to face when you're awake. You don't want to face what kind of prayer life you really have. You don't want to face how much time you really spend in the Word of God. You don't want to tell anybody how you and your wife or your husband are really getting along. Oh, it's quiet. I think the bones are, need to be rattled this morning, Pastor. The Bible says when he began to preach, the bones began to rattle. Bone came to his bone. Flesh came upon them. The skin came upon them. He said, keep preaching. Keep preaching. You see, it's the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. It's the word of God that will bring you back to life. It's doing the word of God. Welcoming the word of God into your heart. And acting upon it. These are the things that will change you. From the way we are today to the way we want to be tomorrow. Can somebody say amen? Bone to his bone. Flesh to flesh. The difference was all the spirit of God. How do I get there? I'll tell you how to get there. You get there long before you ever come into the house of God. You get there by walking uprightly when you're away. You get there by watching what you say. Every word that comes out of your mouth is measured. Every attitude is measured. Every time the enemy steps into your home and tries to stir up an argument, you measure that. Is this worth it? Is the end result really worth it? Am I willing to give up a, a real relationship with God and win this argument? Or will I just let it go and let God solve this thing for me? Somebody say amen today. Some of us are spending our time worrying about what's coming in the future. That is also a waste of time. I have never found the Lord to leave me, nor does he forsake me. And if he's sufficient today, he will always be sufficient tomorrow. Don't let the enemy divide your thoughts, your emotions, and the intents of your heart to get caught up in something that's not going to serve you well. Valley of dry bones. We are on the precipice of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Israel is already back in their homeland. And very shortly, 
The Lord Jesus Christ is coming after his church. He's coming after the one that you really see in the mirror. Are you ready? If somehow God revealed that he was coming in the next five minutes, how many of you would have to turn in your seat and turn a deaf ear to what I'm saying and call out unto God for forgiveness of secret sin that you've hid? You see, that's who you really are. Jesus is going to come as a thief in the night just that quick. You'll not know it when he's coming. He will come, and if you're not ready, you won't know anything about it until you turn the news on. Until you see mothers running down the street looking for their children. Until you hear about the planes that have crashed because the pilots were Christians. Until you hear that millions of people worldwide are missing. They have been taken. They have gone someplace unexplainable, missing for the ones that had the breath of God within them that not only looked like Christians, but had the Spirit of God dwelling in their heart. Can you say amen this morning? In closing, when you look at the book of Acts, and Jesus told the disciples, and the 120 that gathered with them in that upper room. He said, go to Jerusalem and tarry until you be endued with power from on high. The Bible says they were all in one accord in one place. Can you imagine your marriage? Absolutely in one accord. Can you imagine yourself? Absolutely in one accord with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, your best friends. Can you imagine coming to a church where people really love you? They just don't wrap their arms around you and tell you that, but they really love you. That they put you before themselves. That they really love the pastor. That they believe that he is God sent and God placed. And you wouldn't dare do anything to disturb the authority in the church. Can you imagine such a place? Why the spirit of God would begin to move. And the Holy Ghost would fall. Because of unity. Because of accord. That we are focused on the heavenly father. A house that is united cannot be divided. The Bible says that a threefold cord is not easily broken. If you have put your body, your soul, and your spirit entirely into serving God, then everything in your life is going to be flavored with those decisions. The things you do, the jobs you accept, the places you go, how you worship, how you think. It'll get to where your entire thought process is about the Lord. It'll get to where you don't have an idle mind because you're always, Sister Liz, you're always talking to the Lord. He is always stirring in your soul. When your mind is full of God, there's no room for the enemy. 
There's no room for doubt. There's no room for fear. When he becomes your every thought, your every waking desire, you are locked in and the Spirit of God has brought you to life. Would you stand with me today? I've spoken to you from my heart today. I firmly believe that I was born in this day and time to to preach the way I preach in the hour that I'm preaching. I believe that the Son of God is returning at any moment. At any moment. Because one of the things that Jesus told us about in Matthew chapter 24 was that Israel would be brought back together. I think you'll find it around verse 31, verse 32. That the fig tree would begin to leaf out, would begin to blossom. He's talking about Israel. They were scattered in A.D. 70 by a Roman tyrant named Titus. And from that moment when Israel was overrun by Rome and the city was decimated, they scattered to the four corners of the earth and there they remained for 2,000 years until now. They're back in their homeland. It is a miracle of miracles. But what is even more important is that you're ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're living in prophetic times. They're being fulfilled right before your very eyes. I don't see how any Christian could doubt any part of the word of God. It's coming true, verse by verse by verse. And the Spirit of God trying to get a hold of your heart today. Do you want to pastor preach a message? It must have been three or four years ago. The title of his sermon was, Are You Doing Your Best? Are you doing your best? You know, some sermons just stick with you. Are you doing your best? Has God been dealing with you about something and you've been putting it off? He's trying to tell you, get ready, I'm coming. Get ready, I'm about to do something great. Get ready, there's a new dispensation coming. Get ready, the dispensation of grace is soon to be over. And I'm going to start to, because I am just, because I am fair, because I have said He's going to bring judgment, finally will bring judgment upon the earth for the sins of humanity that will not repent. Somebody say amen. Amen. But I don't want justice. I want mercy. How many want God's mercy today? Today I believe the church needs to take one gigantic deep gulp of air. And I'm not talking ordinary air. I'm talking the Holy Spirit. Breathe. Prophesy upon these bones and breathe into them. Let your spiritual lungs be filled with the Holy Ghost. Let that dynamic dunamis of the mighty power of God fill your soul to overflowing. Let him engage you. Let him permeate you. He wants to fulfill the mission of Jesus Christ and he wants to use you to do it. Would you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, you have heard the word of God that I preach that you've given me today. 
Father, it is your word. Father, today, some of us, Lord, are trying to do our very best, and some of us, Lord, are, are undecided. I know the feeling, Father. I've been there in my life. I know the feeling. And Lord, you know, I'm not trying to preach judgment on anybody. I want to love them into the kingdom. Father, I know your son Jesus is coming soon to catch away the bride of Christ. And Father, you said yourself through your son, when the son of man returns, will he find faith on earth? Father, I want to be one of the faithful, one of many. I want to be one of many that are looking for you. And Father, I ask in the name of Jesus today that you deal with our hearts, our souls, our minds, our spirit, that, Lord, we just don't look like the complete Christian, but we are the living, breathing body of Christ. I wonder today... How many of you as the Spirit of God spoke with as I preached? And you want to become all that you can be. You want to take another step in Christ. You want the Lord to reveal to you everything that He would have you do in this day and time. What is my end time mission? What am I to do for the glory of God in these last days? Because these are the days of the Lord. Would you grab the person next to you? If God is dealing with you, would you come down and put yourself in front down here and let the Spirit of God fall on you today like He desires to fall on you and to deal with you like He desires to deal with you? Father, in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name we pray. Maybe today you're sick in your body. Maybe today you've got loved ones that are straddling the fence. Would you come down and stand instead for them that we might pray with you? Listen to the Holy Spirit. Don't go home the way that you came. Go home renewed and revived and restored. 